Hey, Sugar Fiends, this is, once again, Jamie Love. Incidentally, once again, joined by the fabulous Sean Hatton. That's me. And we're here to talk about the Wii U, because it's, you know, been a busy week, and it hasn't even been a week yet of Wii U stuff, and um, any coverage we've done just doesn't seem like enough to get into all the topics there are to talk about. Um, and Sean has been loving on the Wii U that he's got, so I had to get him here to talk to us about it. Yeah, so this thing's been in the hands of the public for uh, a whole three days now. We're on day three, officially, and uh, I was lucky enough to have it maybe like two days before that. But uh, I've been loving this thing. Like, everything um, that I've seen so far, with the exception of load times between the different programs, which I guess we right. can get into later on, but just everything oozes that typical Nintendo charm. Um, at first, I was a little skeptical about the Miiverse and having all these different Miis running in that I don't know and with their speech bubbles and stuff, but the more I look at it and the more I see what people are saying and, and uh, there's just a general sense of, uh, of community there where people are being nice and uh, that's kind of uh, rare when it comes to consoles. Yeah, it's funny. It's um, I mean, because well, we didn't. We got the uh, the firmware update uh, Saturday night, um, so I had a, I was able to have a peek at it um, maybe like a few minutes before midnight. Because unfortunately, you have to download the firmware update, which Nintendo is never going to hear the end of. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, basically, when you bring your Wii U home, you're going to have to download a firmware update from Nintendo, and a lot of people are going to tell you how long that's going to take or how big the file is. We really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it took about two hours. I know for you, it took like a crazy 10 minutes or something. Well, I think uh, I had a friend over and we were just chatting in the meantime. So who knows how long it actually took. But I would say it took anywhere between 20 to 40 minutes. And that happened around maybe 8 o'clock on Saturday night. So it wasn't like it was a super busy time. And, and, and I understand like a lot of people didn't have it on Saturday. So right. maybe that the clogging of the tubes so <laughs> hadn't actually happened yet. Um, so that could be a factor. I do remember that when I bought the Wii on day one and I, I brought it home and I was super excited, we're going to play Wii Sports, and this is something that I had been having dreams about, really, because I, I had never done um, advanced press for anything at that point. Right. And so I'd never played the Wii. And so I'm excited. I brought it home. And uh, my buddy Adam was over, and we start setting it up, and they had the prompt, do you want to go online and check for a firmware update? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then two hours later, it was it really was a two-hour update. So <laughs> considering I've been through that, uh, perhaps this time around, it just didn't feel anywhere near as bad. But I really, I really sympathize with people out there who are getting their Wii U's and and have to wait for this update because it's it's not fun you know like uh, there are of course other things we could do while we're waiting for a system to update but they never feel like things you want to do because (laughs) play the game you know like every time i don't really play my xbox that much so when i log into xbox sometimes there's an update and you know i gotta wait through a few different update screens and you know eventually i get to play which is good and then I guess people have similar experiences with the PS3, and I have too. Yeah. Every time I turn on my PS3, it uh, needs to update itself. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily have that pro that problem now, because with the PS Plus, it does download stuff in the background, I guess, while it's off, or it's some, it's some sleeping state where I'm sure at one point, when my PlayStation Plus is about to expire, it'll become sentient and try to kill me. Um <laughs> But that's a topic for another podcast. So now you're talking about traditional Nintendo, and obviously the online this time around is very untraditional because um, it's an interesting opportunity, right? Because when the Xbox 360 and the PS3 launched, there wasn't an online space like we have now. So they didn't really come down with these huge infrastructures. They built these things that slowly evolved, and now Nintendo is throwing their gamble about that on the table. Um, So what you see is sort of very bare bones and there's a lot of room for growth. Um, it's just what they've already done is really interesting. Yeah, I agree. The The whole thing with the, the Miiverse and is it uh, Waku Waku 
Plaza. <laughs> the Wara Wara Plaza, yeah. <laughs> Wara Wara. I hope I didn't just say a curse word in some other language. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty neat, and uh, in a way, I guess it it reminds me a little bit of PlayStation Home, although I haven't spent too much time in that. Uh, right. The fact that everyone's got their own digital avatar uh, doing stuff, and and. The Wii had something similar to that too, where you could do the the me parade, um, but you just didn't get to see people's custom messages. Well, I mean, the 360 has your avatar, and I guess the difference is um, everything on my 360 that my avatar does seems built purely for my amusement. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, you you don't really have that sense on the 360 of seeing random people's avatars, though, right? Right. Uh, you see your friends in your friends list. And, uh, and that's about it. So like I was saying, this was something about the Wii U that I was originally not so keen on, seeing all these other me's from people. Because, you know, you don't know other people. You don't know what kinds of things you're going to well, That's what's really interesting, is I'm wondering if, you know, depending on where it goes, if I'll be encouraged to meet more people online on my console, which I don't, you know, hasn't really ever been a thing for me. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I had a few instances of people playing uh, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat against me and, and really enjoying the back and forth, like if we were around the same skill level and then getting a friend request. Uh, right. So that has happened on Xbox and PS3 for me. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't really played any Wii U games where you get to go online. Um, that said, it is cool that you could do things within the games, like uh, New Super Mario Brothers U, where you can post little notes um, relating to whatever stage you're at that your friends can then see if they have that option turned on. So they can be like, oh, man, this level is a, it's a pain. Or, you know, be sure to run to the far left and, and squirrel jump up to the top. Right. The secret. You know, you could, you could leave hints and stuff like that for friends. Yeah, and I mean, you could take um, like a screenshot of a problem area you're having and throw it out to the community. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, were you able to experiment with that uh, a lot? Like, is there any way to actually save that screenshot to a JPEG and then maybe post that online or anything? Because I know uh, with stuff that you do on Game Sugar, you might want to do uh, JPEG. <laughs> Sorry, you might want to do a JPEG of something that you see exactly. Right. I haven't um, played around with that specific feature yet. Um, and I think what I've been looking at, because Miiverse, um, like I say, it's a very bare bones. So, I mean, right now when you look at it, I think people have hit it on nail on the head saying that it's like Twitter meets Swap Note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also very chaotic because um, I, it's just a game like New Super Mario Brothers U and then a whole, like, everything, everyone's left. Right. Um, which is a lot already. <laughs> it's it's crazy just seeing the amount of people who are gravitating to what games and um yesterday when i logged in i was noticing that some of the games like uh, that, that made a significant impact when nintendo announced them like batman arkham city armored edition you right know, people in the audience at e3 thought like wow that was a big deal that you know nintendo's getting this pretty substantially hardcore game and you look at the uh, the Miiverse, and not a lot of people are playing it, which I think maybe maybe the Batman fans have already played that game, uh, and they're over it. Or perhaps right now what we're seeing is just a lot of Nintendo fans have bought the system because they want the Nintendo kind of experience. So they're going to Mario, and they're going to Nintendo Land. Yeah, it could be that, because um, one thing I've noticed is my Twitter feed is full of... It's, it's a mix. It's full of very happy customers. Yeah. And very cranky journalists. <laughs> um, so there's this interesting um, tear on all my feeds where it's like I'm hearing people that want to take the day off work so they can stay home and play Nintendo Land. And I'm reading articles about how nobody, you know, this system's going to be buried in a year. Yeah, you know, you're always going to see that, I think, when someone comes out with the, or one of the big three comes out with the system before the others. And Xbox 360 was out before PS3 and Wii by a good amount. Um, now, to be fair, if you want to, when we travel back in history, we also have to point out that Xbox 360s, um, when PS3 and Wii were launching, were turning red and dying too. So, I mean, that 
that gave people added incentive to suggest that maybe it wouldn't last. It's true. And I... But I mean, if you look at it, not only did Mike, Microsoft overcame the red ring of death to still have a system today, and the PS3 overcame everything from losing, you know, really exclusive third party support to having their entire network down for a month and a half, and they're still around. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny to read articles trying to bury a new system early because we've seen the kind of things that um, these manufacturers can endure. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, I, I think the more complicated these systems are going to get, the more issues we're going to be seeing, especially around launch. Even you think of something like the NES, it mechanically is very simple. Like, right. There's no real moving parts aside from the spring-loaded mechanism, which you don't even have to to go along with that was just like so people felt like it fit in with their existing entertainment consoles like it was like a vcr and the, the tape popped up you know um but but there were no moving parts but now we've got stuff like lasers on their own motors the motor that spins the disc um there's a lot of stuff going on in a very very compact space and i think if they were if uh visual aesthetics of, of the actual shape of the console weren't part of the uh, the equation when deciding like what something would look like or, or how well it would sell. And I think we'd be seeing a lot fewer failures um, in terms of hardware, like things like overheating or like right. yellow light on PS3s. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I think, we, well, we see this a lot with, uh, with new hardware, whether it's like a new uh, iPad or, or whatever, like the people who embrace this technology um, the soonest are the most likely to go online and talk about it, whether it is for good or bad, like whether their experience is an awesome one or a terrible one. So you're going to have a lot of people coming out and saying, oh, no, this happened. Like, remember when the Wii wrist strap wasn't really a thing and then people were throwing Wii remotes into all sorts of things that they don't belong in? True, and, and so then we had like the uh, the free uh, offer for Wii Remote jackets, and then Wii Remotes with straps that had clasps on them instead of just the slidey plastic bit. And uh... well, a lot of people talk about um, the graphical edge, and um, you know, obviously the PS4 and a new 360 will have really powerful processors. Although people are just assuming what the specs on a lot of stuff would be one day. Yeah. Um, and that Nintendo will again even you know find themselves behind graphically, um, which really didn't matter to them on the Wii because I you know I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think if you look at how New Super Mario Brothers Wii sold compared to the most graphically powerful titles on the market, mm-hmm. um, Nintendo wouldn't be sweating too much. But um, you know it's interesting that the way we just throw these assumptions around because um, I played Halo Four recently for review, um, which is a really good game. From Microsoft, I really like the job that 343 did on that game. And, um, you know, it's graphically, it's beautiful. It, it's kind of what I always wanted Halo to look like. Yeah. And it runs on the same system that ran Halo 3 that is what Halo always looked like. And it has, you know, like a fraction of the load times that Halo 3 had on the same system, right? Because people have figured things about the, you know, the hardware out. Um. So graphical prowess um, is just a thought that I've been having today, you know, doesn't necessarily mean the best looking game, the best functioning game, because it takes time to figure a lot of things out. Exactly. And this is something we've seen in like every console generation. If we could talk about the NES again, if you look at Super Mario Brothers versus Super Mario Brothers 3, right. the graphical difference is astounding. Like you see, like you've got a giant world in Super Mario 3. You've got Mario with an outline and, and just better colors people artists learn to use the color palette to their advantage and instead of being limited by it they were kind of creatively freed by it and they knew things that would look good things that would look bad um even on uh, on super nintendo super mario world looks amazing and is one of the one of the best launch titles for anything ever but then you look at something later on in the console's life cycle like killer instinct or donkey kong country or Mega Man x and those look way better. I mean, I'm not saying they're better games. They just have this uh, level of graphic fidelity that we couldn't really have conceived just playing Super Mario World. 
Right. Now, there's uh, a few things I figured we should uh, talk about, you know, for people that might be interested in the Wii U but don't have their hands on one, haven't looked at one or something. Um, one of the things I was wondering if um, you'd have time to try the transfer process of moving all your Wii stuff onto the Wii U. That I haven't. And the main reason for that is because I still have my Wii hooked up to the TV, and I kind of like having my systems all in my entertainment uh, cabinet, so to speak. And and with the Wii U, this is the first system that I've actually had to place on top of the cabinet, but right. just uh, under the bezel of the TV, just because I've, I've simply run out of room. So I've got everything from NES to Xbox 360, PS3, everything's in there already. And everything's more or less hooked up, with the exception of maybe swapping out a cable here or there. Um, so I, I like having these systems up there. It's almost like a, a museum of my personal video game history. That's cool, because it was kind of sad that I was, like, you know, moving the brain of my Wii over to the Wii U. <laughs> and there's this animation. The uh, it, Actually, the process didn't take me that long, either. It was 10 minutes to get everything off of it. Um, and my Wii, my internal Wii memory was packed. So the Pikmin came and packed up all my files and blasted off in a rocket to planet Wii U. And uh, all you do is basically swap an SD memory card between the two systems. And everything moves over, and your Wii now lives on a virtual Wii on the Wii U, which you can activate from the Wii U menu, and you just pick up the Wii mote, and it's like your Wii is still there. Yeah. Um, the downside of that, which I, I really hope somebody can do something about, is that you can't use the gamepad with the Wii. I know. That's, uh, that's a big bummer, because how cool would it be to just be able... I, I know there are certain things you could do with the, the Wii remote as a pointer that you can't do with the stylus, like tilt yeah, it. It's just all those VC titles I have would be so great if I could sit back on the gamepad and play, like, you know, Contra, Alien Wars, and Devil's Crush, and... Oh, yeah. Um, I, I probably would have forgot that there were new Wii U games to play if I could have done that for a night. Well, one of the first things I did when I got the Wii U is I wanted to see how it would handle Wii games. Um in terms of uh, if there was any sort of up-resing or, uh, or even if the HDMI cable made a huge difference. Uh, when right. It. But, um, yeah, that update for playing the Wii wasn't really available yet for the first day, so I didn't get to do that. But then I, I put in um, Tatsunoko versus Capcom and yep. checked that out, and it, it looked pretty good. I, I can't really say for certain if it looked better than my Wii over component. Or not? Yeah, I think people want to say that you know it maybe smooths out the edges. No, I don't. I don't really see that happening. Maybe it's because when I booted into the Wii mode on the Wii U, I still needed to go into settings and adjust TV resolution on all that independently. What's interesting is that the Wii U handles playing Wii games the same way the Wii handled playing GameCube games. So right. That is, when you put a GameCube game in the Wii your Wii just becomes a GameCube. It clocks down and it plays everything at the same speed. You know, that reminds me, I someone asked me the other day um, if you could play GameCube games on the Wii U, and I, I had to say no. And they got really upset, yeah. and they were like, well, why? It's optical discs. And I reminded them, like, yeah, but you have to have those four fugly GameCube ports yep. on the side of any machine. Yeah, because it, it didn't emulate a GameCube. It actually just became a GameCube. So that right. it needed those plugs. It needed those uh, those memory card slots and I, I may not be correct in saying this but I believe when the Wii was updated to the the new um, horizontal look with the uh, the printing on the front so that everything was upright when you place the console horizontal I think they removed the GameCube ports yeah I didn't have my hands on one so I, I can't know for sure on that yeah mine's mine's a day one uh, um. old school <laughs> Mine as well. Uh, so another thing to talk about is the eShop on day one on Sunday on launch day. Nintendo had the eShop up and you could buy um, full digital copies of retail titles if you wanted to. Um, or you could find that there were already five indie games online. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mighty Switch Force HD being one of them, which is yeah. something I thought was pretty neat on the 3DS. Not one of my favorite 3DS uh, eShop games, but... Um, at first, I got really excited because I saw the, the logo for that, and for some reason, I just thought, Mutant Muds, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh it's not Mutant Muds, that would have been, 
I would have just played that, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if we see an updated Mutant Muds HD in the near future. Um, one of the things that the people behind Trine 2 have talked about to the press a bit or made mention of is that Nintendo has given them um, a lot of control to set their own pricing and update their software as they see fit. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, which, you know, um, Sony's been catering to indies a lot too, um, and maybe, you know, portraying this image that everyone's fleeing from the Xbox on that front. Um, but it's really nice to see Nintendo, if you know, making those kind of arrangements open to invite developers, um, because I think people have to accept, especially with the 3DS and the Vita launches, that third-party support isn't what it used to be. Yeah, it, it seems like even with, uh, with a lot of the consoles now that we're not really seeing too many i don't want to put my foot in my mouth or anything but it, it seems like we're not really seeing that huge influx of, of big third-party games well when you think of like big third-party companies i mean since sega's restructuring yeah um you know even for the 3ds they had they were ready to go with software there but since the restructuring you've seen them scale back and they didn't really jump on the vita bandwagon and uh, Sega would have traditionally, you know, a few years ago, I think, had at least three Wii U titles ready to go, um, as well as uh, Konami and Capcom. Yeah, Konami hasn't done anything lately, really, except for some HD collections, right? Like, that's what right. I can think of. And Capcom's been sticking to more, like, AAA cross-platform. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's a changing world, because on the Wii, um, one of the biggest experimenters of software was Capcom. This is true. Some, uh, some they, of my favorite games are, are Capcom games on the Wii. Yeah, they just didn't sell very well. <laughs> so, it's our fault because not enough people bought Zack and Wiki. That's what's... Uh, it's true. You know what? I can't find my copy of that, so I can only assume that I gave it to somebody and said, you need to play this game. So, oh well. So, um, how are you finding the gamepad? I think it's awesome. It's, uh, yeah. it's one of the nicest controllers ever. I sort of forget I'm attached to a console, and I just assume I'm, I'm walking around with the nicest handheld that just also requires me to be within range of my TV. Yeah, well, the brilliant thing about that is, I don't know about you, but when I go out places, I don't really get a chance to play a handheld. Maybe if I'm on a plane, but I drive most places I need to go, so it's not like I could play in transit. Um I don't really wait around too much, so I don't. Uh, I, I I just don't tend to even carry my handhelds anymore. I mean, I've got uh, an iPod Touch, I've got an iPad, I've got an iPhone. If I want to play any games, and and you know, you're not going to get that console experience on those devices. But for five minutes, if you just need to kill five minutes, you're you're pretty good with that. So when I play my handhelds, like if I'm sitting down and I'm playing a Vita or a 3DS. Most of the time, I'd say upwards of 90% of the time, I'm playing at home anyway. Right. So the fact that it's a handheld becomes almost superfluous. The, the benefit being that someone else can watch TV while I'm playing. And that's exactly what this allows. I'd like to see more games make use of this the way Mario does. I Isn't that so? Like, I... I'm still kind of in awe, and I don't want to sound like a fanboy. I mean, I'm trying to be objectionable, or but <laughs> all this not, not objectionable. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's been a long week. Yeah. Um, I you know, it's amazing that Mario buffers and runs on this gamepad, and I never had any latency. I played the entire game from start to finish, and. You know, I never had any problems. I'd wander around up to the kitchen or something, and maybe if I started to get out of range, the screen would freeze up. Yeah. Um, and then when I walk back into range, it would just come back to life. And that's rather remarkable that Nintendo, you know, managed to do that. Yeah, it's pretty damn cool. I think when they have such control over um, the hardware and they know exactly what they want to do with it, it really shines in, in, in the, uh, the actual practical application. You can... There's if you've got an Apple TV and an iPad, you can do this thing called mirroring, where you essentially beam what is shown on your iPad to your TV, and that's really cool. But there's about one second or a half second of latency that makes it right. completely unbearable for playing games on the TV, which is a real 
bummer because like I guess you could beam a website to your TV and that would be okay, but that latency just makes it impossible to play so many games. Now, the only thing I'm not a huge fan of on the gamepad, it fits my hands so damn nice because they usually cramp on handhelds, is the battery life. The most I've gotten out of this so far is about three and a half hours. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Um, I I know it comes with that cord where you can either plug it into the charge cradle or in the top of the device, but the way I've got my entertainment system set up, I've got it, it's it's pretty impossible for me to wrangle that cord out and right pull it over to the sofa so I could play while it's still charging. So yeah, it's a mixed complaint because if I remember whenever I stop using it to just set it on the cradle, yeah, there's no problem. It's just a matter of like my phone and everything else. I don't always remember to do that stuff. Yeah, it is very handy that the uh, deluxe set comes with that cradle um, for for that purpose and. I've had it uh, deplete on me twice so far in in the several days that I've had it. So, I mean, I've been playing it a lot because, you know, shiny new toy. Right. uh, Have friends over, show them what it's all about. People who haven't really experienced it. It's always nice to see their reactions to it. And, uh, and yeah, the the cool thing about playing new Super Mario Bros. U is that you've got that extra screen. So you could play it in bed, or if you've got friends over, you can tap the screen and, and have the block show up and that kind of thing so the other day uh, when Adam was over we were playing two player but then we had the gamepad on the coffee table or between us on the couch and then we would just take turns tapping blocks if we needed to create a path to somewhere so that was kind of cool uh, usually like another player would be in would be in charge of putting those blocks down but it was kind of cool to uh just offset the gameplay of, of this side scroller with, you know, frantically going back to the, the gamepad quick to save us if we were falling down a pit or something like that. Right. So Now, million dollar bonus question. What do you think that secret port on the bottom of the gamepad's going to do? I think uh, what's going to happen is it's going to be this device that clamps onto your finger and it's the, it's the Wii U vitality sensor. It's, it's coming back, right? It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, they, they list it as for Wii U accessories. Of course, there are none that use this port, um, but it so looks like you might maybe snap it into something else or yeah, maybe that is for the vitality. It's totally coming back, and it's going to murder my heart rate while I'm uh, playing Zombie U. Man, I I can't... I, I don't know. I, I, I'm hot and cold about Zombie U. For the most part, I like it, but there are some things that I wish were better about it. If you think that like Half-Life 2 came out so long ago, and right. it was such a good, scary game, um, but you could pick things up, you could move things all over the place, in Zombie U, things are really nailed down. Like, you can hit stuff on a desk with your cricket bat, and they don't move. <laughs> and uh, and there's a part really early on where um, the game tells you, oh, you're going to need a hammer for that. So, like, all right, where am I going to find a hammer? And the whole thing takes place, uh, the, the whole intro takes place in the tube system where you've got your base set up. And in your base, there's a toolbox... And you see there's a, a fucking hammer in this toolbox. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the toolbox and grab this hammer. But no, you can't You can't get that hammer because you have to get a hammer from somewhere else. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty stupid. Um, and it's just like, uh, it would have been better if they just didn't have that toolbox on the table, you know? Yeah, I think maybe um, it's a very niche game, mm-hmm. but also... Ubisoft wanted to jump in and have like that one adult title where there weren't going to be any others for a little while. Um, and I think there's, you know, people that love Zombie U, and then there's people that they're not mad that they don't like Zombie U, they're mad that they want to like it because it's like the most adult geared title. Yeah, I will say though, I haven't been genuinely scared by a video game in a long time, and there are parts in Zombie U where I'm just terrified that now my survivor is going to die and I'm going to have to. <laughs> trudge all the way back here and have to kill the survivor and these other zombies that are about to kill me um, and get my stuff back. That is like 
they nailed the atmosphere of the game. Right. It's just certain details that could have used a little more refinement. Now, I think the other thing we should probably hit on is um, the storage capacity of the Wii U. Uh, there's the 8-gig model and the 32-gig model, and of course we've both been uh, working with the 32-gig model, which when you are when you set it up day one before and after the firmware update um, shows 26 gigs free. So on the front of the machine, there's two USB ports, and on the back of the machine, there's two USB ports, and you can use um, a thumb drive or stick in an external hard drive, and you can use go in the system or maintenance and format that for use for storage. That's pretty cool. Um, I tell you, I, I don't know if I'm going to you know lose cred, but you know since we've gone from the memory card to the internal hard drives and they're never big enough they always and we've got into this hard drive arms race um you i don't know like at first i didn't like the idea that it wouldn't have as much internal storage as the other systems but i don't think you can anticipate storage anymore and i think everyone's just been constantly re-releasing systems to try and do that and you know things get really effed up like if you own a, an xbox try and find a hard drive anymore yeah because you have to buy a whole new console and microsoft controls what kind of hard drive you can use and you know stopped supplying hard drives for people that might have had arcade units or people that bought the system with 20 gigs at launch Mm -hmm. and you know now you gotta go find a transfer cable because it's all proprietary and i really like this idea of you know just let me handle the storage yeah and it makes more sense too if you think that the wii was aimed at the casual person, the family person, and, you know, to some extent, some hardcore gamers. But... Well, I can go buy a terabyte yeah, it, for this, cheaper than Microsoft would ever sell me a terabyte modified for my Xbox, oh, right? Yeah. So, like, cheaper than you can get maybe even 250 gigs. Definitely! <laughs> so, like, I, I'm not aware of what the, uh, the going rate is, but I always knew they were very gougy when it came to prices for Xbox accessories. Even their their wireless adapter was ridiculous. It was like a hundred bucks just to get the first Xbox online wirelessly. The charge and play cable for your controller, just the recharge. Yeah. So what's it? It is nice that you know the PS3 can you can open it up and put in a new hard drive. But right. that that um, necessitates like a certain degree of uh, uh, I guess tech savviness. So, and it also limits your options because you're you're putting it internally, so you got to have you know that it's got to have the right connections. Yeah. Whereas uh, just USB, plug it in. That sounds awesome. Yeah, because I mean, you could get you know if you weren't doing a ton of downloading but doing enough, you could go just buy a thumb drive. They you can get them up to 64 gigs around me right now. Um, and that's a heck of a lot of storage for your Wii. Oh, for sure. I mean, I haven't downloaded anything yet, but. I don't know. Uh, you've got games on there, like day of release. I saw Assassin's Creed 3 in yeah. the store, which is pretty crazy. I think the Sega Sonic Racing game is up there. So we're just going to be fighting against our bandwidth caps now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to drive to the store and pick stuff up still. Yeah, if it's on a disc, I'll, I'll often still go for the disc. Uh, with speaking of which, I guess a great uh, thing to get to would be what's been taking up the most of your time gaming on the Wii U? Surprisingly, Nintendo Land has been taking up most of the time. I still haven't made my way through all the attractions. So, right. Um, going in through there, and, and, I, and I sit down and I think, okay, I'm going to try this for a little bit, but then I get really involved in it. I played the ninja game where you're throwing ninja stars at these... Uh, Takamaru's Ninja Castle. Yeah, it's crazy. It reminds me a lot of the Shinobi bonus games between stages. You remember? Right, right. Um, but it, it feels really good, and at the same time, it feels really um, uh, anxiety-inducing in a way. <laughs> because at first, I felt that way more about Yoshi's Fruit Cart. <laughs> well, see, see, that, that I didn't find too uh, challenging. That was more of a zen game for me. Yeah, but the fruit starts moving around, and you got to watch for the cloud patterns on the background. It, you know, there's a lot, a lot of balls to juggle there. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think uh, you've got holes on the course, and you don't want to hit those, obviously. But I found that when the fruit are moving around, it's usually in a clockwise motion. So if you just 
or not. Go counterclockwise. Yeah, so if it's going counterclockwise, go clockwise. If it's going clockwise, go counterclockwise. See, you always have all the answers. <laughs> now, I've also, I know you've been playing Mario, which, um, you know, I'm shocked that I ended up coming to the conclusion, but it is one of the best Mario games I've played since Super Mario World. Um, well, it's easy to say that if you're going to, if you're going to, qualified as 2d mario games then definitely um it's just got so much content in there and um it's almost like two games you have the stages and then you have the world map is alive and got stuff going on yeah i really dig that things can happen on the world map so you've got like an an acorn that you might pick up or you might run into an angry goomba that you then have to fight or if you're like in the the scary area of Soda Jungle. You've got the booze to contend with. Um, those challenges are pretty neat. I think that I would have liked uh, those challenges to give better rewards because I, I don't like that that star. Like, getting right. a star at the start of the stage is just like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm even going to need this, you know? So I'd go in, and then I would just run around recklessly because I think I'm invincible. But Do you think they had too few power-ups? Um... I'm not sure. I'm only about halfway through. There are some power-ups that I would like to see in the game. I don't know if they are. Um, but like with uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, I really like the propeller suit. I guess that's gone. Uh, I didn't find... I got the uh, the squirrel suit replaced um, basically your one key power-up, yeah. and then you can get you can get a P uh, squirrel suit. Yeah. And Mega and Mini Mushrooms... Oh, there's the Mega Mushrooms are in it? Like the giant I ones? Don't... No, I didn't find a Mega Mushroom. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I know what I'm thinking. The Ice and Fire Flowers. That, that's... Okay. Is the Penguin suit in it at all? No, I haven't. I never got the Penguin suit. Yeah, it would be nice if it had more suits, but I, I understand from like a game design perspective that they would want to keep certain things. I want the cape back. Oh, yeah, the cape is my favorite power-up of all time. Because the other thing is, you can't take Yoshi out of a stage. He'll only be in the stage that he shows up in. Yeah, and I think that's kind of weird. But at the same time, you could take a baby Yoshi into stages. So. Yeah, but a baby Yoshi won't go into a castle. Right, but you could find a baby Yoshi in a ghost house. Ooh, yeah, the yellow one that provides light. Yeah. That's a good point. But what I used to love, and I mentioned it at the review too, is when you can feel like you're breaking stuff, and you're not really because they've allowed for it, but... The amount of time I invested in Super Mario World going and getting things out of stages to bring them to other stages mm -hmm. um, probably provided like another two weeks of playtime when I was a kid jamming through that game. Oh, for sure. Um, and that's really the only thing I felt like this was missing. If it had just nailed that, it would have been, you know, the absolute successor to Super Mario World. And do the stages here have multiple exits as well? Because... Yes, I, there's some parts of the map you'll get to where you'll have a stage on each side, yeah. and you're like, okay, I beat one on either side, and it'll open the way forward, and you beat one, and it doesn't open it, and you're like, okay, well, I'll beat the other one, and it doesn't open it, and there's actually a secret exit that'll loop you around on the map to a secret way forward. Oh, okay. So it, the secrets of this game are actually really clever, because you think you know the way to go on the map, Um and it isn't just like, oh, there's a way to go left. There's actually, you have to find a secret to progress at one point. Um, which they did a lot in the recent Paper Mario, but the way they did it there was a little bit more annoying. <laughs> um, because I enjoy, I loved Super Mario World's use of secret exits. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about about that game, um, besides how beautiful it looks with some of those painted backdrops, is you were mentioning the music, and I, I was really digging what you had noticed about the music. Yeah, like when... When you're playing and you've got the gamepad going, there's slight differences between what's playing on the TV and on the gamepad. So it's almost like the gamepad provides the surround sound, so to speak, for the musical score. And, uh, and that adds one element of, of the whole soundscape to it. But then there are other things in the game, like when you grab a baby Yoshi, another layer of synthesizers comes in, and it's like the pad-type synth where it's uh, very calm, but it comes in and it plays on its own track um, to the tune that's playing in whatever stage you're in, which is really cool. And then if you've got a regular Yoshi and you jump on him, it adds percussion into the background. So like things like um, 
I guess, uh, bongo drums and hand claps and, and I guess shakers and that kind of stuff. So it's really cool. When you've got more players going, uh, you can have some of them on Yoshis, some of them carrying baby Yoshis, and it just changes the uh, the sound of the whole game, and, and it's really cool. And there, there's other. You're, you actually are dragging people over and conducting Mario orchestras, aren't you? <laughs> well, and another thing you could do, which you could do in the previous uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, is if you are not in the game, if you've got a game over, you can use the one and two buttons on the Wii remote to trigger sounds. Uh, so you could, uh, and left and right will switch between sound sets. So it could be like um, horn honks or uh, claps and drum beats. And, and right. So that, that's a pretty neat way to keep people engaged if they're not around in the game. Now, have you had a chance to check out any other uh, retail software that launched with the system? No, I've just been playing those three games. So Nintendo Land, uh, Mario, and Zombie U. But I've got a few other ones. I just got Assassin's Creed 3, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that looks. Um, I have this uh, this fear that I guess is just like a, a battered person syndrome <laughs> having to put up with subpar releases on the Wii because of lazy developers. Even though the Wii was more powerful than the GameCube, which was more powerful than PS2 and Xbox, we would still see Wii games that were lazy ports of PS2 versions of games. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shovelware is always a fear. I mean, it hasn't happened on the 3DS so much. Yeah, I mean... Um, but I think with the Shovelware on the Wii, I mean, the rate at which the Wii sold, which was just asinine, insane... Um, you know, really, you know, drove companies to get software out there as fast as they could to try and catch some of the falling money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, it's going to depend on adoption rates and stuff like that. I don't expect we're going to see anyone sell a console so rapidly that everyone trips over their own feet to get software onto it, um, you know, with iOS and everything else that's going on now. Right. And I think uh, at this point in time, all those crappy shovelware guys are more focused on things where they can have a quicker turnaround stuff like ios and making ripoffs of console games on ios or you know just scamming people in general um hopefully we don't see too much crap on the wii u because i think that really bogged down a lot of uh people's opinions of right the wii. even though there were still some really good games to be had that i'll still go back to and play there were some terrible games that were still kind of okay, like the one where you shoot at the dinosaurs. <laughs> and you go back in time. Um, unfortunately, it didn't have that element where if you kill the wrong thing, it would screw up the timeline, but what do you want from a cheap game? <laughs> so I, I did our Wii U coverage up a bit on Game Sugar, and one of my friends got really, really mad at me because he said I, I had been too neutral about my you know, my, my take on the system, because I just wanted to get people as much proper information as possible, because there's a lot of, you know, screwed up information out there that's just flat out wrong. Yeah. Uh, one good one that you asked me was, or somebody asked you was, you know, that the system has to be on to use the TV remote, which is, of course, not true. Yeah, I saw that, actually. No one asked me. I, I saw it in a, uh, a post that I read before I had the Wii U, and it was like eight things or seven things you didn't know about it, and, and one was you know, the Wii Remote as, or the uh, the gamepad as a universal TV remote is really good, but you have to keep the Wii U on for that. And it's, well, you see, he was right. You didn't know that because it's not true. You can <laughs> at any time just hit the, I can do it right now, you just hit the TV control button and it brings up the menu without turning the system on. But it gives you the option to turn the system on, but you don't have to do it, and you just press the button again and it goes to sleep. Yeah. Um, using minimal power. Um... <laughs> So anyways, back to my, uh, me not giving a yay or nay. He really wanted me to give a yay or nay so that if he doesn't like it and he spends $350, he can blame me. No, I think, uh, you know, if you're going to go and spend that kind of money on something, I would advise to try it out first. Um, right. You know, there's lots of tour dates happening with this thing across Canada and the U.S., and I'm sure the bigger stores that sell it are going to have kiosks. In fact, Future Shop has a kiosk for sure. Um, probably Toys R Us does and, and Walmart and everyone everywhere else. So definitely try it and make sure you like it. 
before. Yeah, I definitely think people need to spend time with the system beneath the games too, because this is um, the first time where I find myself saying that it's not the launch titles that make you want to have it. It's a mix of, you know, there's some great, there's just, like, some great games, maybe not all of them, definitely not all of them, <laughs> but are some great games. And the system itself now, because we're in this new state where, you know, the console isn't just a machine to play a game. It's, you know, trying to find all way, kinds of ways to, you know, work with your life and get you to spend more time with it, even when you don't have a disc loaded in. And, you know, what Nintendo has there is very bare bones, but it's very interesting. Um, and I think we also have, you know, this strange kind of Nintendo faith with little apps because they've been able to release so many interesting little apps in the past um like swap note and flip note no i guess they're not that dissimilar from each other but i spent a lot of time with swap note yeah um and you know i didn't always turn my 3ds on back then because there wasn't a lot of software so i'd miss a lot of stuff um i'd be interested i think we need a lot more you know obviously meverse needs a lot more work because you can't really sort anything you can't really create your own folders um, it's a lot like the 3DS to me where Nintendo gives you one thing and then has to give you little updates that you can personalize stuff. Yeah, I think out of all the, uh, all the systems Nintendo has had, it is mo- most like the 3DS. Like you've got the two screens, you've got, uh, the ability to move apps around, you've got these little icons that you can select with the stylus and, uh, and the eShop right now looks like it's off to a pretty solid start so i'm hoping that what we can get is virtual console titles available via the wii u shop so maybe if you've already bought them on your wii you can download them as wii u virtual console yeah i think if they could do that and you know keep the supply of eShop titles up that that um you know and I don't know why people are skeptical about digital because it's doing so well everywhere else that, you know, digital titles on the Wii U are just as important as retail software. Right. Um, and it's also important that they tweak things um, as they go. So, like, they've got to get the delay times between accessing apps down. Oh, definitely. Um, because that, that is definitely annoying. <laughs> yeah, even if they have something like an animation on that screen, I, I, I don't know what the delay is all about. It's the, the buffering of information to the yeah. gamepad, or if it's just the system. There's just a lot of things to smooth over, but I like the, the basic structure. Um, some things are confusing, like you have your friends list for adding friends, um, because now instead of uh, friend codes, you have your gamer tag. Yeah, and that, which is, that's awesome. That, that is. I... I I wasn't sure at first if you got requests, and you do. Yes. Because when I first did it, nobody was adding me. I was adding them, and then they'd agree to it. So I was like, okay, do we both have to add each other, and then it's done, and it doesn't tell me. But I did get uh, two friend requests today, so it does notify you. Look at you, Mr. Popular. I know. And what's, you can also, which might confuse people, you can also do it through Meverse. If you're looking up somebody's profile, you can send them a friend request. Nice. Yeah. I, that's how I uh, requested you, actually. And um, there's Wii U Chat, which we were actually going to try and do this whole thing in Wii U Chat, um, but I couldn't capture audio from both sources because of my setup's kind of crappy. But it's very cool. It, I, I thought that was awesome when it faded in and then the bubbles gave away and there was Sean waving his hands. Yeah, again, um, that's just part of, uh, I think, that charm that Nintendo has, where... It's not entirely unique, right? Because we could do that on the Kinect. Yeah, we could but... do that on FaceTime, but neither of those have that nice little graphical flourish of the ripple effect and, like, fading into the call and that kind of stuff. You know, it's yeah. it's kind I of was... cheesy, but very heartwarming at the same time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think if they can just... You know, little uses for the gamepad that they can come up with with apps are just as important as software. This is true. They, have you tried the web browser on there? I have. It's uh, it's pretty speedy. I'm not crazy about the fact that it doesn't support Flash. Yeah, same. Um, because I could actually play our Berserker game on the gamepad if it did, which would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually think that would work very well, but uh, without a keyboard, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like everything else. It's a work in progress, but what's there is, you know, as long as they've had a few network hiccups, but. 
yeah, it's it's a really solid start, I would say, for uh, for what it is. Yeah, it's just a matter of you know watching what the community is doing and you know taking that and using that to build on, which is what, you know, basically I had to say about the system is being a part of shaping that if that works out that way, I think is the most interesting part of ownership of a Wii U. Oh, definitely. And just experiencing that gradual evolution as time goes by and, you know, looking back and saying like, oh, wow, I remember when there wasn't <laughs> really that much stuff on it, but... So now, do you want to insert anything cynical before we get our uh, journalism degrees uh, revoked for not being cynical enough before we wrap this up? No, I, I don't actually. I, I, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I, I'm a little worried given the uh, the history of the Wii and, and how third parties didn't really bring their A game to it. And it totally was a case of that. It was people just being too lazy to develop specifically for the platform. They thought they could just add waggle controls to a ps2 game and that would be good well i think that's what people should be more specific about i mean it's unlikely that um nintendo would have a system fail and they would scrap it it is more likely that you would have a system that only had you know a game you want to own every three to four months yeah. which if you think about it for me anyway that is enough like i don't i don't gravitate toward a lot of games throughout the year so right. Maybe only three or four games for a whole year. That. Well, you know, it's a changing reality, and if you had Nintendo's traditional lineup, yeah, of franchises, and you had you know two games every three to four months, but you also had this wealth of digital titles because they've got all these indies coming over because they have a more open and free system, um, you could bring some serious competition against the other consoles as long as you can maintain a storefront that people want to use and they can find what they're looking for it's true and with with so few titles right now it's hard to say if it's going to be easy to navigate in the future or not but hopefully hopefully it is yeah it can't be worse than than the ps3 store redes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh both the store really even on xbox i have trouble looking for what I'm, or finding what i'm looking for sometimes but um Anyways, it's an exciting new Wii U world. I know. I'm going to go play mine right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping you from it. All right. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about the system. And, uh, you know, people, if you have any questions, you can hit us up in the comments or, you know, tell us we're crazy. Tell us you like something. Whatever. It's all good. Uh, until next time, I am Jamie Love. And I'm John Hatton. And we'll catch you guys later because we got to go jump back on the Wii U. <laughs> See ya.